I love, I love the mystery and the wonder of, of Christmas gifts, right? And of birthday gifts, let's not be picky here. Um, you know, that kind of what will it be feeling. The, the what is it that I've been waiting for for all of this time. The, the kind of there's a bit in my gut that happens as well as I'm about to, un or what, as, as I watch them about to unwrap. You know, if you do it properly, the person won't even know what they're getting, so I'm told. Um, you know, when I was growing up, it was something close to a capital crime in our house to tell someone what gift they were getting from someone else. Uh, not, not, not actually a capital crime, because I survived my upbringing. Uh, I did actually try it once, and because uh, I thought it would be funny, and it didn't, it didn't pan out. Uh, yeah, but um, here at Gospel Church, we've spent our Advent season um, really dwelling on this statement, the wait is over. Dwelling on, dwelling on and looking at how Jesus came and comes and will come into the world and how his coming changes everything. And as we come to Christmas Eve tonight, uh, our final, final service for 2022 as a church, um, the day before we celebrate the coming of Jesus, that advent into the world, uh, we're going to just ask this simple question. What is it that we've been waiting for? Advent... Um, Advent builds up to the celebration of the first coming of Jesus into the world. As you, as you almost certainly know, um, the, it's the greatest Christmas gift ever arriving, right? Advent, of course, meaning arrival. Um, but when we celebrate the arrival of Jesus, when we spend all this time kind of waiting for the day to celebrate, indeed, you know, when the world waited hundreds of thousands of years for the coming of Jesus into the world, what were we waiting for? And although, the, you know, there's a bunch of different ways you can answer that question, uh, we're going to look at just one tonight, uh, coming from just one verse of the Bible. Uh, and what I believe is that this verse in particular tells us very close to everything we need to know about what we've waited for in the coming of Jesus. It's not about angels, it's not about shepherds, it's not about wise men. Uh, we're going we're gonna to look at this one verse in Luke's Gospel. So when baby Jesus had grown up into man Jesus, um, if, if this is your first experience of church, you may not know that those two points connect, but, uh, but they do. Um, fun fact. Uh, but when he'd grown up into man Jesus, and when man Jesus had set out on the work that God had sent him into the world to do, one day he went to the house of a man. A man who was a notoriously bad guy is, is probably how you'd express it. Uh, and in that man's house, Jesus made this statement. The son of man, that's him, he's talking about himself. The son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus was the name of the guy whose house he was in. Uh, Zacchaeus was a man whose job it was to swindle people. I don't mean he was a scammer working under the radar. Very much the opposite, actually. It was his paid employment to swindle people. In fact, not just that. Zacchaeus was uh, what they called a chief tax collector. Uh, now, tax collectors then weren't the same as what we get in kind of tax workers, ATO workers today. Um, we might not like paying taxes. Um, I mean, raise your hand if you do. But, uh, but, but it was very different then. Tax collectors then took the job, the incentive to take the job was that, uh, was that it meant that you got to take more than what they asked you to take. 
and all of the more was the bit that you got to keep. And, and to put it, kind of put the icing on the bad guy cake, uh, you were working for an occupying invading force in Israel. Uh, so the Romans kind of sitting there in Israel, okay? So, so think about how you would feel about someone in that, in that category today, right? If, if you know, you know, Australia's under occupation, and, and, and one of us here, let's say Rick, decides to work for the occupiers and steal your money for them and for his, his own personal gain. You know, friendly thoughts towards Rick? Be quiet, Rick. Now, and, and you know, remember, Zacchaeus is not just a tax collector. Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. He was the boss of other tax collectors as well. It's, it's, it's actually quite hard to find something similar it, as far as what sparks, sparks the same level of outrage in our modern day and age, because we don't have that role in Australia today. I'm sure it exists in some countries, but we, we don't have that today. Um, something, something that was the closest thing I could find when I was thinking about this was, has anyone ever heard of, of I'm gonna pick a name here, a, a, a woman named Elizabeth Holmes. Um, Elizabeth Holmes, uh, has, has had a TV series made about, made about her recently, funnily enough. But um, she became infamous in recent years when she founded a company called Theranos. Has anyone ever heard of Theranos? A couple of nods there. Um, the reason she's infamous is because of the lies. So, so Elizabeth, she set up a company called Theranos, which, which claimed to have developed groundbreaking uh, clinical testing technology, medical testing technology. So, so fingerprint tests that could tell you everything you ever needed to know about a person without ever having to send away or wait for two days or take a whole tube of blood out of someone. Uh, the company attracted hundreds of millions. I, I read in one place $700 million in investments from both companies and from private investors. Uh, and, and it also tested over a million, like something like one and a half million US citizens. It's an American company. Uh, used their tests, and, and, and like not to go into the very long version of the story, it was all smoke. It was all lies. It didn't work. Uh, they claimed and claimed and claimed to be able to do these things and then couldn't. It, Elizabeth was eventually charged, uh, and, and she is now serving, I believe, an 11 and a bit year sentence uh, for her crimes, along with her CEO. Um, but she is, in many ways, a kind of a modern-day Zacchaeus, isn't she? Like, like that, that's outrageous, isn't it? You know, to take hundreds of millions of dollars and, and set up a, a billion-dollar business, $10 billion business, actually, um, all on the basis of your lies, all for your own personal gain. To, to, to actually swindle people who are being clinically tested, all for your personal gain. That's it. That, that, that sparks a level of outrage in us, right? And it should. You know, and, and to make her Zacchaeus, you just have to have her working for an invading government um, and forcing you to invest rather than getting the choice. But here's the thing. Jesus, Jesus comes into the life of Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is changed. This, this Theranos kind of guy is changed. Here's the thing I run into fairly often. A lot of people think that they are beyond the reach of God beyond saving by God. That there is a, a badness in them which is, which is more than he can deal with, which is more than God can handle. But then we run into a guy like Zacchaeus in the Bible, right? And, and he's about as bad as it gets. 
I mean, really, like, like if you actually had someone in that situation. Maybe think of it this way. Um, if, if we got invaded tomorrow, and then Rick started working for the invaders tomorrow, who do you resent more? The people who have actually invaded your country or the guy who's actually one of your countrymen who goes and works for them? I'm going with Rick, personally. Charming guy, though. Um, you know, it's... And, and, and yet Zacchaeus meets Jesus and believes in Jesus. He trusts in Jesus, and Zacchaeus is not too bad for Jesus to, Jesus to save. Zacchaeus has changed. Zacchaeus is saved as he trusts in Jesus. And Jesus says this thing which shows us the wonder and the scandal of what it is that we celebrate, what we wait for at Christmas. He says to Zacchaeus, the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. I came to seek and to save the lost. You see the wonder of this. No one is so bad that Jesus can't save them. It's not a category that exists. Zacchaeus, whose whole town looked at him and saw a man not worth saving, was not outside the reach of Jesus. Zacchaeus, who had only ever uh, sought life, sought peace, sought joy from things which don't satisfy, from riches and from his own wealth. Zacchaeus, who had been flying away from his creator as fast as he could, right? Distancing all the religious folk at the time, right? You know, you didn't see any of the Pharisees going out and being like, you know, that Zacchaeus, we should connect with that Zacchaeus guy. No, they were, they were like, don't touch him and don't go near his house for heaven's sake. That guy is not beyond saving. Because no one is. You're not. And thank God I'm not. Now, I don't, I, I have the privilege of not knowing everyone in this room right now. Um, you know, perhaps, let's throw it out there, perhaps you've lived your life thinking about it like this, that you are unsavable, that there are things that you've done in your life that Jesus couldn't deal with. Or maybe just deep down you believe there's something in you that's rotten that can't be dealt with. Something in who you are rather than what you've done. That means that Jesus could never be saviour for you. But you're not beyond his reach. I mean, we could talk about all sorts of examples. The, the history of the church is littered with people who you would look at and go, that's a really awful person, and whoa, they got saved. Like, <laughs> uh, and yet, do we see, as, as we see the wonder of this, do you see the scandal of it as well? For all of us, I would bet, when push came to shove, there are people who we struggle to believe could be saved by Jesus. People who we look at and go, you know what, I... Um, Either they may seem too hardened and just like they're never going to pick this up or, or maybe they seem like they're just too nasty and too evil. But, but, but the message is no one is beyond the reach of Jesus. Throughout history, Jesus has been in the, in the business of seeking and saving the lost. It's what he came down to do. It's what we waited for, a saviour. Now, imagine if Elizabeth Holmes, 
or you know, insert your person here. Insert the worst person that you know personally. I find that you know, it's, it's easy to think of someone who's off in, I don't know, the other side of the world who's really nasty and think of them being saved. And I'll be like, isn't that great? But like, maybe if they had like, done something really awful to me, it's a bit harder to imagine. But imagine that person. You know, some of us have that person who's done something awful to you. Imagine if that person was saved, said they'd found Jesus and they were really truly sorry for the things that they'd done. They knew that they had forgiveness. Some would laugh off Elizabeth Holmes if she said that, right? Um, say that she can't get out of it that easy, right? And, and like you can't, right? Forgiveness isn't that cheap, is it? But here we find the scandal and the wonder of Christmas, don't we? What have we been waiting for? We've been waiting for Jesus to come down. The reason we celebrate the baby in the manger is that forgiveness isn't cheap. But he came down to pay the price for our forgiveness. The angel says to Joseph, you shall name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Our sins called for punishment. They called for a price. But God came down to pay the price for you and me. Jesus came down as a baby. He lived a hard but sinless life and ultimately died on the cross, is the message of the Bible, for this reason, to pay the price for you and me. Because he came to seek and to save the lost. And, and to save the lost required his life and he gave his life willingly for you and me. And he rose again. Hallelujah, he rose again. And he demonstrated as he rose again that he can save anyone because he has defeated sin and he has defeated death. As I finish up here, I want to give us three key takeaways as we step into Christmas this year. Slash, as you just step into the rest of your life, okay? One, if you haven't believed... Maybe, maybe you've believed all your life. Maybe you are that person who's believed, I'm beyond saving. You know, Jesus couldn't do that for me. And, uh, or, or for whatever reason, if you haven't believed, he can save you. No one is beyond his reach. Believe in the Lord Jesus and be saved. Two, if you're someone who has believed in Jesus, as we go away into the Christmas celebrations. You know, we run into a whole lot of different people at this time of year and, and throughout our lives in general, right? Let's, let's go believing this. No one is beyond his reach. No one is so hardened that God can't use your faithful witness, Christian, to break through to them. No one has done so much wrong that Jesus' sacrifice for them isn't enough. So let's look at those around us with the eyes of grace in this season and seek to show his love and to bring his good news into the lives of anyone that we have the opportunity to. Third, the easiest application you will ever have out of a sermon ever. Celebrate. Eat a turkey or a ham. Take the time in Christmas to celebrate, if you're vegetarian, don't eat a turkey. Uh, take the time in Christmas to truly celebrate, not just a season, a general kind of 
empty season that everyone celebrates, but to celebrate a true reason for joy. Because Jesus came down to seek and to save the lost. He came down to seek and to save you and me. Because Jesus came down for us. Because God has done all that needed to be done to redeem his people. And his people are just those who will believe. Because all of the hopes of all of the years, everything we need and everything we should rightly desire is found in the person of Jesus. Because in him, the wait is over. Would you, would you pray with me as the, the band comes on back up? And, and we're just going to pray to him now and rejoice in what he's done. Jesus, I just, every time, it's a wonder what you have done, that you would come down for us. That the God of all of creation would not stay separate from us, would not stay distant from us, but would seek and save the lost. We pray, Lord, for us here. I pray for anyone who hasn't trusted in you that today would be the day that they would be able to turn and say, Lord, I've run from you, but now I want to believe. I want to follow you. And I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would celebrate. And as we celebrate that your goodness, your light would shine through us and that we would know that no one is beyond the reach of your light. We pray it all in the name of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen. Thanks, guys.